Hey, I'm Gary from Hoops and Cards, and you're listening to the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Content Network. Be sure to subscribe to all of our podcasts, including Sports Card Strategy, Football Card Quest, and my show, Hoops and Cards. We're helping you make money to fund your PC and enjoy the hobby, because there is no off-season. What's going on, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com. You are consuming the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny one-time Dodson and is located in the Arts District in Richmond, Virginia. Graybo sports the best selection of raw and graded singles in the mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Graybo's breaks on whatnot and or drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on drip, whatnot, or their website at graybos.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at Graybo's underscore card. Don't forget to go premium at nooffseason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today to help you build your sports card investment portfolio. We have just launched Sports Card School at nooffseason.com. Check it out at sportscardschool.com. All of the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from Market Movers. Get a free 14-day trial followed by 20% off for life by using the promo code NOOFFSEASON at marketmoversapp.com today. All right, you're about to enter a Wednesday deep dive with Kendall the Lefty McKee and Connor Barnett, head of content at nooffseason.com. Lefty and Connor, take it away. What's going on, everybody? Connor Barnett here, head of content at NoOffSeason.com, back for another Wednesday deep dive with Lefty McKee. Kendall, how are we doing this morning, sir? We're diving. We're diving in, baby. Uh, Wednesday is some of my favorite podcasts we put out here because we can go as deep as we need to go. Time is relatively unlimited, Connor. We can just get in here. You like the things that we had to talk about today are things that. Uh, are, are going to take some developed thinking in terms of process. And so we're going to talk about how there are certain names that you want and you got to be granular with which cards you're bringing in. So let's, uh, man, I'm super excited to dive in today. Uh, got some stuff rolling in the hopper. I have, uh, am waiting for you to just pepper me with some cards. So let's get Let's it. go. Yeah, yeah. Before we do hop into things real quick, I wanted to give a quick W of the week. I know that's usually reserved for the Monday show, but my W of the week was the Monday show. I thought that uh, that was one of the strongest shows that we've put out uh, since I've been a part of the team. Lefty brought it super strong. The guys brought it super strong. Gary, you featured and was super strong as always. I thought uh, Monday show, which was a, a two-hour show, was fantastic with tons of value. So if you haven't checked out Monday show, definitely be sure to head over to your favorite streaming platform or nooffseason.com to check out. Uh, sports car strategy shows monday episode 
Um, and before we get into our segments, I'm going to give some live chat love this morning. Looks like we got a bunch of people jumping early and ready to ready to dive with us. So good morning, Shane Graham. Good morning, Chad Gill. Good morning, Barry Siff. Good morning, Justin Stewart. Mark D. Brian Steeler, 714. Pumped, guys. We're glad to have you here this morning. We're, we got some good stuff, like Lefty said, uh, tuned up for today. So we're going to roll through portfolio building, path to profits, invest slash fade, our 1K budget builder, winner of the week. And we're going to wrap things up with audience Q&A. So if you have questions throughout the show, be sure to drop them in the comments uh, and we will do our best to get to them at the end of the show. Shout out, Justin, for a new profile picture here. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Up to date, baby. We love it. <laughs> Let's kick nice things off with some portfolio look. building here, Lefty, shall we? Yes. Um, let's talk about where you're at in your portfolio and kind of some of the changes that are happening right now. Uh, give the audience a little bit of insight as to what you're doing to move uh, in certain directions and for what reasons. Yeah, so we're ta we've talked about how our portfolio building is um, where we take a percentage of our portfolio and allocate it towards some riskier assets and some non-riskier assets. So for us, we like to have a good percentage in the flyers, a good percentage in in the heroes, and then goats having a, uh, a an accurate percentage as well, based on some of the long term holds, some of the short term holds. On our Monday show, we typically talk about six to twelve months being the average investment cycle, um, and sometimes when you're developing a a portfolio, some of the flyers and goats are a little bit outside of that range, uh, and so we're looking at a longer term portfolio. Um, a healthy look on your entire collection when we look at this series of what we're doing here um, at the Sports Card Strategy Show Deep Dive. So we talked about my portfolio and I was, um, I just was like one of our first episodes here on the Deep Dive. I just broke it down to exactly what I have. I talked about what I have currently and what I would like to have in the future. Um, and so as we went into December buying season, I looked at my portfolio and I saw that the edges of my portfolio were not as crisp as I wanted them to be. So when I looked at some of the cards that I had been holding for a while, there were cards that I moved into in like 2021 ish that I was happy to get into because of the price value of those cards in 2021. Well, something that we have talked about over the last couple of weeks is that 2020 and 2021 was a massive bubble that popped around the edge of 2021, 2022. And some of those cards that I was really happy to get into at that time period, based on their dollar value, the dollar value had actually came down. And so when I looked at that, um, the cards that I got into at that point, not only was I underwater uh, on a lot of these cards in terms of evaluation, like the money that I have in the card, but then I also realized that, that those cards specifically are not the cards that I want from those players. So uh, it, we always talk about how, or lately we have been talking about how you can have the right player and you can have the right team and you can have the wrong card. And so in our shows recently, like we've had some questions in the overflow show about, okay, what is how do you determine right card and wrong card and stuff like that and so i wanted to give a real life example of some wrong cards that i was in that i moved out of to get some more assets in in this period where i needed some cash flow so the the card that i'm going to look at here i'm going to bring up a chart real quick 
Um, for those of you watching, we're using market movers. Uh, we use market movers for everything that we do. For those of you not watching, I'll be able to um, give you a breakdown of the three different cards I'm talking about. All three of these cards are 1996 Kobe Bryant cards. They are uh, two upper deck cards and one tops card. But the card that I had was a 1996 collector's choice um, uh, PSA 9 Kobe Bryant card. At the time in 2021, I had to spend about 70, I think about $70 to get into this card. If I remember correctly, I bought it at the National. Um, I ended up trading a card that I liked for this card. The 1996 Collector's Choice number 267 um, card is the card of Kobe going in for a layup and he has a cast on his arm. It's the one that I like just because of the cast, but at the same time, we look at the 1996 Kobe cards. There's several that are very um, prominent. For instance, there's there's one of the whole or one of the Kobe cards that that ends up hulking. And what I mean by that, yes, hulking like the uh, like the superhero. There is one version of his card that ends up turning green because of the longevity and the oxid oxid oxidation of the surface of his cards they are turning green over time so there is one of his cards that is hulking these are not those three um so what i want to talk about is how i was in 1996 collector's choice i moved out of this psa 9 collector's choice not only because i had negative value in it but because i started to look at this is not the card that is going to go up over time so as I scroll up here, you'll see how um, if you're watching with us live, there are three cards that are on this chart. Two of them, the not, all three of them are 1996s. Two of them, one of them is Upper Deck. One of them is Collector's Choice, which is Upper Deck, but a different version of Upper Deck. They are both consistently traded under the $20 mark often. And so we look at those two cards are similar in value. They are following each other. One of them is Kobe having some weird sunglasses on his head. Looks like just the most 90s picture you've ever seen. And then the cast uh, photo. But then there's the 1996 Tops card, which is significantly more valuation-wise. Right now, currently, the, uh, the other two, the collector's base is around $10 raw. The sunglasses around $20 raw. And then our other the tops base um, is coming in at $53 raw when you go into graded valuations you see this as well it's a similar similar trajectory with what we saw earlier this week with the Shohei's and then you have the Bowman Shohei that is priced at a different price point so when you're looking at those cards get if you can get into the card that has the level or the bottom level that is higher than all the other <laughs> trajectories in general so the bottom of the tops card is double as higher as some of the recent high transactions as the other two. So I'm saying the levels are completely different and the floor of the tops card is so much higher than the ceiling of the upper deck cards. So what I was doing is I had this Kobe collector's upper deck and I wanted to be in the Kobe tops now that I look at it. I was under the assumption originally in 2021 that you just bought a Kobe card that was a rookie card and it was going to go up. Now I'm under the assumption I need to be in this tops Kobe card 
for them to uh, for the for that card to to rise in value. Yes, we are at a bit of a floor right now in terms of where these cards were in comparison to where they were in 2021. And I think we're we're at a floor in the hobby in general with it's a really good buying opportunity for those of us that are still in the hobby. So the other cards that I moved out. So I so uh, Connor, did I accurately talk about this uh, Kobe Collector's Choice card that I move out of? Or do you have any? Uh, yeah. So you had so you had the 1996 Collector's Choice number two six seven PSA nine, and that's the one that you that you moved out of, correct? Yes. Because you felt like it wasn't the right card in in retrospect. Yes. Okay. And, and then you've moved out of a couple other cards to move into another card. So go ahead. And uh, what else have you moved out of? And yeah. what was the reasoning for moving out of them? So I accurately had to like dive deep in that Kobe card so that we understood the other cards that I also uh, got out of. So I got out of a Tatis or a um, Fernando Tatis Jr. 2019 Tops 410. I originally had six of these PSA 10s that I bought around $40 because I the ceiling of this card was around 100 at its in its heyday and now i'm realizing that i don't think it's going to go back up to that point at least for a long time and because i made an inaccurate evaluation what i did look at was i was like okay this car is at 40 dollars. the previous high was at 100 something i'm just going to buy it now because tatis jr is worth the investment going forward and i was buying a card that is consistently traded at a different floor and ceiling than where i want the floor and ceiling to potentially go to the card that's going to moon from him if something happens is the desirable Bowman cards rather than just any Tatis card. If you, unless the market extremely goes back up, if we see millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars come back in before a, a natural floor of the entire hobby rises, when Tatis goes and does something um, incredible, the card that's going to see the most residual impact is the first card that people are going to try to go get. And what I mean by that is when you go to eBay and you type in Fernando Tatis Jr. Auto or whatever, the the investor is looking for the Bowman Chrome Auto, not a Topps uh, 2019 base card that's a PSA 10. So the right. one that's going to see the most residual rise in a momentary greatness, like if they play well on the field, is not going to be his tops PSA 10 base card. That's going to be a card that has to rise over time based on where the evaluation of Tatis's stock is at. So <coughs> the rise will be if he plays good over a long time rather than if he plays good in a moment of success. Right. And Love so, it. yeah, that's a great breakdown on why, why that wouldn't be the specific card you're looking for on Tatis there. Yeah. So I, I wanted to get out of that card because I, I know that the cash flow value is more valuable for me than sitting on this $30 to $50 card for the next five years as we wait for the hobby to money to come in o over time again. Sure. You know, and so I was like, okay, so as I took an L on both of these cards. And then the third card is a Mickey Mantle 1966 tops. Yes, it's a raw Mickey Mantle 1966. People are like, what the heck are you doing? I understand that this is a raw Mickey Mantle card, authentic. But the card that I was trying to buy when I bought this Mickey Mantle card was I was like, okay, I'm just going to get into an old school Mickey Mantle. 52 Mantle is the one you want. 
I mean, there's several other Mickeys, but when you even type in Mickey Mantle into Market Movers, this is like the eighth or ninth card that comes up. I want to be going further up that search engine list and being in the Mickeys that people are expecting to see when they when they use their search engine. And so when I got out of all of these cards, so in general, I moved out of about five to eight cards, and these are the highlights. So I got a Kobe 3 Tatis Chrome PSA 10s, a, a Mickey Mantle. What I was able to do is I talked about my play moving into Caleb Williams earlier this year, or I mean earlier this week. So I moved all of these cards, got the cash flow back, moved it into a Caleb Williams card that I see will see more residual rise over the next six to 12 months. I think in the next six to 12 months, if we come back to this play and we look at this, the Kobe, Tatis, and Mickey are going to be very similar value to where they were when I sold. And then we're going to look at where the Caleb Williams is in May. And it's not going to be at the same evaluation of where I bought in. So what I'm saying is I, even though these are the right players to have in your portfolio, yes, Tatis is a good player. Yes, Kobe is a great goat. Mickey is one of the goats as well. It, Kobe and Mickey are both in that, uh, that the goat conversation. And so I moved out of these cards to get into a card that will see massive financial residual rise over the next six to 12 months. And I will make an incredible return on the car on the evaluation for me. I am not like Chad in this way. I am not a collector per se. I am not a guy that looks at cards and wants to just look at them. I want my cards to bring back money for my family to move forward. And so when I look at these cards, even though they're the right names, I have to know these cards are not the ones that are going to move my portfolio positive in the next six to 12 months. Moved out of them, moved into a Caleb Williams. Not the same, not the same, Connor, in terms of uh, athlete prowess. Kobe, Mickey Mantle, Tatis Jr., and then you've got Caleb Williams way down here. Could be up there someday, but not at all proven. But that's where the money's at right now. And that's where the money will be in April, May, June when he gets drafted. I've, I don't remember when the NFL draft is. I think it's in like May or June. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of good points to take away from this. We're going to start with my first point is like, guys, we're not just we're not just pitching things at you and not and not doing them ourselves. So lefties quite literally getting out of cards that he doesn't feel like are the right player, right time and uh right player, right time, and right card so that he can invest in someone that is less prominent uh, in professional sports, actually isn't even a professional yet, uh, just because he feels like it is the right player, the right time, and the right card there. So, you know, we're not, we're preaching, uh, we're doing what we preach here. Another good thing about this is you're really narrowing your focus, right? You don't have to worry about um, three different cards that have questionable sell markers that probably have to wait for uh, seasonal spikes, um, maybe outside of Tatis, but um you're looking at one guy with clear sell markers. What's your what's your marker for everyone real quick on Caleb Williams? My marker for, for Caleb Williams is when and if he goes into the NFL draft, he will be a top five pick in the NFL draft. And I will say he will be the first quarterback off the board. And so my plan with that is going to be put your auction out seven days previous to the NFL draft. Get it out there get the card sold in the hype cycle of Caleb Williams, 
going into the NFL draft and then get out while you can. Also, I also just for full disclosure, this was a nine five when I bought it. I'm cracking it and sending it to PSA and because there's pop two PSA tens, the raw value on this card previously just sold for seven hundred dollars. And I don't believe that this card has seen its heyday yet. Um, This card PSA 10 value sold around nine hundred. I think that that PSA 10 value of this card, because it's pop two right now, could be anywhere between one and one point five K. So I, you know, I got it for uh, full disclosure. I got it for about six seventy five. So that's going to be almost a double flip when I got out of these other cards that would have taken forever to get back to a fifteen hundred dollar evaluation. I love it, guys. There's so much strategy here. There's so much strategy here when we break it down. Not only did Lefty snipe something at uh, lower than valuation cost, he consolidated his portfolio. He narrowed his focus. He's got clear sell markers. He's using hype cycles. I love it. I think it's a great play here, Lefty. And like I was saying, I love that we're practicing what we preach here. So um, I'm going to go ahead and hop into some of my picks for each of our categories like we do on a weekly basis. Flyer, a hero, and a goat. Um, I do want to preface. These are some questionable picks this week. And I did this because, like you said, you were... You tried to consolidate your portfolio from those three different picks because even though maybe they had two or three, one or two out of the three characteristics we talk about being right player, right card, right time, uh, they just didn't fit the bill. So I brought some questionable uh, picks for each one. I'm curious to see what you have to say. They do have upside to them. There is opportunity. However, is the risk tolerance something that we want to take on or something that we have in our own portfolio? Um, So curious to see what you have to say here. Kicking things off with my flyers. We talked about this player several months ago, and Paul was adamant. I do not buy it current MLB players that are not named Shohei Otani. Talked about why this wouldn't be a good, this specific player wouldn't be a good buy, but we didn't really dive into uh, specific cards with him. Um, so we're going to talk about Lu- Luis Robert, his 2020 Topps Chrome base in PSA 10, which is down 28% the last 14 days. The last sale was $11. Um, you just spoke about uh, these cards. Pre- particularly not being the right cards for active MLB players. Um, but there's a there's a lot of good characteristics that this card has. So down 28% the last two weeks. Last sale, $11. 16 transactions last 14 days, so it's actually very liquid. Um, although Robert has had a questionable, uh, I'll say, locker room presence in his career, and we don't know the direction of the organization. He did hit 264, 38 home runs last year. My question for you would be, one, is this a good investment? a good flyer investment Two, what would it take for this card to go up? Um, and one thing to keep in mind here is this card really fluctuates between 10 and $30. So it's, it's pretty much near its floor. We talked about floors a minute ago. It's pretty much near its floor. Is this something that could be a bulk play? How much risk is associated with this play? And is this something you're fading? Um, let me give you a couple of things before I go into what I'm actually deciding. Luis Robert uh, or Lou Bob, how he's uh, 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 often talked about in the hobby is somebody that was a darling for a long time. Um, Luis, Lou Bob was supposed to be one of the top five. When he cracked the major leagues, he got the contract early, I'm pretty sure. Um, he came out and was supposed to be with Soto, Tatis. You know, He was supposed to be up there with those guys, and then he's quickly falling from grace, one of those being because of injury. Two of those being locker room presence. Three of those being, honestly, he is not played up to his value up until last year. And then the fourth of those being, he is with a 
garbage organization in the in the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox had everything going for them in the in like three or four years ago. And they had the players that they needed. They had the names that they needed. They had the farm system they needed. And it was the, in the perfect storm, it blew up right in front of their face. They opened a thing that they thought was gold and found out it was fool's gold. Pyrite, if you will. You like that, Connor? Uh, I love that. And, so, and so this card, for instance, look at this red line. This card at one point traded for $400. A PSA 10 of this card was $399. Yes, that was during 2020. Yes, that was during the bubble. But what I'm saying is this card did did have some money behind it at one point. And then look at all of these transactions as we move down towards where it will probably remain. So yes, it's at its floor, but I also think this card isn't going to see a massive rise. It could see a double very quickly because a $10 to a $20 card could move very fastly. But when you're looking at eBay transactions, when you're looking at tax it, taxing, if you're looking at uh, prices of uh, the opportunity costs and things, and a 10 to $20 flip, even though that technically is a double, is not necessarily the same evaluation that you want from a hundred to a two hundred dollar flip. You know, like you right. you don't have the same margin for taxation. You don't have the same margin for time invested. You don't have the same margin for um, uh, shipping costs, all that kind of things. And so, do I believe Lou Bob is still an elite center fielder? If there if is there an elite center fielder in Lou Bob? Yes. Does he need a trade? Yes. Does he need um, to get out of Chicago? Yes. Is this still the card that I would invest in if all those things happen? No. This is a base tops chrome, and it's exactly what I just brought up with Kobe and Tatis. It is the exact same thing with this Tatis card. Even though Tatis and Lou Bob at one point were considered in the same valuation, they're not now, but if they were, this is the exact same card. Like it is a card that will rise when the entire market cap rises. Ra you will not see this card go back up to four hundred dollars until the entire market cap rises to four hundred. So you can't right. just look at there. Oh, this card can go back to its original all-time high of four hundred dollars. It would take million millions of dollars pumping into sports cards for this to go back up to an all-time high. I love do it. not. I don't think that this is a card worth investing in. I love it. So I'm going to take Jalen Brunson. I think that's a great breakdown there. So, not only is this the wrong card, it might be the right time, but it could potentially be the wrong player as well. So, um, I think that's a good fade there. And and Paul's going to or uh, Lefty's going to take the side of Paul Ramsey there. So, um, I like the fade on that one. And and really, all three of my picks today are like. Uh, a test of how narrow do we want our focus to be and how much risk tolerance we have. So moving into the heroes, we're going to go to Jalen Brunson, 2018 Prism Silver PSA 10. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were comparing these two cards. No, that's okay. Like, no this worries. isn't even close. <laughs> we'll, no, we'll, we'll get there next. We'll okay. get there next. But so we're going to go. We're going to go to Jalen Brunson's 2018 Prism Silver PSA 10, down 15% the last 30 days, um, which is actually surprising to me because we talk about like the Prism Silver for him is going to be one of his more high demand cards that has a lot of good characteristics. And so it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to me right now for this card to be down. He's averaging 24, five, 25, four and six, shooting 47% from the field and 46 from three. The Knicks are fifth in the East, playing pretty solid. Julius Randle's playing well. 
Emmanuel quickly is considering to develop. Um, they were just knocked out of the in-season tournament, so I think this card might even dip a little bit more the next couple days. Um, to me, this is a much better option than the Robert play, uh, but I don't know if this is necessarily the best spot to invest your money here. So what do you think on this Jalen Brunson 2018 Prism Silver PSA 10? I This is another curious situation to me, Connor. I don't understand how the Knicks don't have one card darling on their team. I, I don't know if it's because they're the Knicks or because they have brought in players that are not flashy names but are good on paper. It feels like to me that the Knicks are building a franchise like the like Moneyball. You know, like they're like <laughs> they're like <laughs> it feels like they're building a franchise of like that's not a flashy name. And then he looks over and he goes, What does he do though? Uh he puts it in the bucket, sir. Uh okay, right. bring him in. You know, like <laughs> Jalen Brunson, Emmanuel Quickly, um Julius Randall, all these guys are good back. Randall had a 40-plus game last night. Yes, they lost, but he played well against Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, he's he's guarded by a guy who's twice twice his size, and he's putting up 40 on him. Not a bad defender either. I mean, Giannis these days is not focusing on his defense, but that's a different, that's a different conversation. But what sure. I'm saying is Jalen Brunson quickly and Randall, I believe all – are undervalued where they should be if their name was different. Okay. Do I think that their market is going to rise? Two of these, yes. I don't think Julius Randle... Julius Randle could literally win the MVP, and I think people would still be like, meh. He's just, you know, like... I think they just don't like that his his general body physique is... Uh, a fluffy. Style physique, fluffy. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, it's the same with Jokic. It's the same with Doncic. Uh, it, it's like the same body style where people are just like, ah, I don't like looking at him. You know, like, I don't like the way he plays. It's just like, sure. grow up. But anyway, I think Brunson and Quickly both have ceilings that are way higher than their current valuation. I'm going to bring up Emmanuel Quickly in a second, but I also like that you brought in this Jalen Brunson card because I have talked about Quickly being the Nick that I'm investing in. I just assumed that the PSA silver of Jalen Brunson was way more than this. That's why I didn't even look at it. When you're getting a, a PSA 10 prism silver of a starting point guard that is dominating the floor for $110. Yeah, I should. I'm sorry, guys. I should have mentioned that price point. That was important. This is $300 less than some of the guys that are at his at his um, level in the NBA. So what, what is the $300 difference with Jalen Brunson? I don't think that it's appropriate. I am confused on why it's that low. And so with that, I think the pop count is nice. 382 is the is all that this PSA 10 valuation is. This is a PSA 10 Prism Silver that I would, I would look at investing in just because every single marker that Brunson has is there. This is the right card. This is a potentially right player. One of the probably top five, top ten point guards in the NBA. I mean, like, look at this card next to uh, next to Fox. We've talked a lot about Fox this week. Yep. I would say Brunson and Fox are comparable to me in terms of skill set. I mean, their skills are their actual skills are different, but in terms of like the the Outfit, star power yeah. they have, uh, 
I, I would consider Brunson and Fox not very far off in terms of star power, at least in rankings of point guards. And so, man, this is a card that I would definitely get into um, if I could find it at $110. I thought you made a good point about it. I think that one of the reasons that this card is undervalued is because the Knicks don't necessarily have like even when and Jalen Brunson, you can, it works for Jalen Brunson where he was before. He wasn't the best player on Dallas, even though he was blooming and got signed for a big contract in New York. Obviously, he had Luka ahead of him. But now that he's in New York, even with how well he's playing, the, the Knicks don't really have like a single face of their organization. They don't have that singular superstar. They have, a like you're saying, they've got three or four really good players. And it's not to say that some maybe one of them couldn't be the face of another team. But all of their outputs so similar that I think it's difficult for fans to differentiate who's the guy in New York. So it makes it very hard for that valuation to stick out like some other players that are the guy on their team, like the Halliburtons, uh, like the Foxes, who even though he has similar output, his, his valuation is much, much higher. I think people assume that Jalen Brunson in the long term is going to be like a Grant Williams. And he's totally not. You know, not even the same player at all. But I, for some reason, I feel like people think that Jalen... You mean just in terms of turning into a role player? Yes. I believe that okay. they think down the road he's going to be a role player that's going to get a sixth-man position somewhere. There are certain NBA players that just don't get the same respect that they should. Uh, like Van Fleet, you know, like very good player, but people just don't care about him. You know, they see him right. as a role player long-term. How much do we need to factor that into trying to invest in him then? Does that mean his his ceiling is going to be much lower because just no one cares? He's not active enough in the hobby? I mean, yeah, I think so. I think you've got to take the risk of this is the – no one's going to wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, frick, Jalen Brunson? Yeah, top five NBA player. You know, so you're going – if you do invest in this card, you're going to have to know – that no matter how long you hold this card, even if the card goes up, it's not going to be a Tyrese Maxey PSA 10 silver. You know, it's not going to be the card that everybody shows up to the card show saying, man, if I could just find a Brunson when I get in there. You know, like, yeah. you're going to have to know that this probably, I think this probably has a ceiling of $250 maybe. Okay. okay. Not so general consensus is undervalued right now could be a potentially a good hero play to make. Not super high risk, really. It's just not high ceiling. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's let's roll one. into let's roll into the goat. I picked an interesting one here. Um, I went with Peyton Manning, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time, and a and a no doubt top quarterback of all time. 1998 Bowman based PSA 10. Why did I pick this card? Because I have questions for you, Lefty. So Peyton Manning, although retired for now for I believe seven years, maybe eight. Um, he does have his own pro broadcast for these NFL games alongside his brother, Eli. He's in tons of commercials. He's very prominent as a face um, in social media in in commercials and ads, things like that, advertisements. Um, and this card's down 40% over the last 30 days. Last sale, just $103. Uh, for, it's liquid enough. It's traded 10 times the last 30 days. Uh, and it spikes all the time. Like if you look at its, its data slash data, you know I'm going to do it. It's between $100 and $225 pretty much year-round, and it just goes boop, 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 like up and down over and over. So my question here is, one, does any of Peyton's uh, excess of screen time, though retired, present itself 
to make this card so volatile in terms of all the spikes that you see from it up and down? Um, does it help with sell markers? And is this a play, even though we don't have a marker for it, is this a play to be made where you can snipe something around $100 and with historical data, even not even not even using the term historical, just looking at the last couple of months of data, really with how many sales we've had, you can see that it's just going to go up and down. Is this something you try to snipe at a low price, not even need a marker and you can sell it for, you know, 50 to hundred percent profits. Peyton is a good example of exactly what I'm talking about with Jalen Brunson. He's an athlete that people love to talk about, but don't love <laughs> like to just, he's not flashy, right. you know, like Peyton, did not have the body of an athlete. He used his mind to be better than everyone else. You know, like if you look at Brady sales and Peyton Manning sales, Brady sales were incredibly different. And that's because like Brady was a hobby darling and Peyton has not ever gotten the respect that he deserves. You know, if you're looking at the all time data of this card in 21, this peaked at 580 bucks. You know, like how many cards have we talked about being, you know, like that. Okay. For instance, the, uh, the Lou Bob tops Chrome base card sold for $400 at the same price period or same time period. You're, right. you're telling me that a Lou Bob P or like random Chrome Lou Bob rookie card is the same evaluation of a, of a Peyton Manning card. No way. And so, um, I'm going to stay out of any Peyton Manning cards because they just okay. don't they just don't go up. Not that I don't believe in him as an athlete, not that I don't believe in him as a um as a personality on TV. Okay. I love Peyton Manning, but I'm not willing to love his his collector basis. Okay. And let me let me right. also talk about the the charts up and downs real quick. Sure. Hindsight is always 2020, right? We always look at the charts and we're like, wow, this this card is going up and down in valuation a, a lot. But let's bring it to the present. When a card is the next card to be bid on, those bids are coming in live. And you don't know, you know, like say, say I just am like, okay, I'm going to put my random Peyton Manning card up today. In the next seven days, something could happen with Peyton Manning and it goes up, but something could not happen with Peyton Manning and it just sells for, you know, the, the new floor. When you are live selling, you don't know if your card is going to be the floor or the, the peak of a card that flip trades often. Sure. So that's super risky. <clears throat> be Holding a card that is flip trading is super risky because you've got to be super, super on top of when you sell the card like it almost needs to be the only card you're paying attention to because you've got to know when is the right time period to flip in and out of this card sure. i would rather get into a card that doesn't flip trade but that rises over time like with with a normal rise because then you're like okay if i buy it at 20 dollars, i can sell it at 100 when we get to those markers not like oh i can you know be, does that make sense yeah, so kind of stay away from volatility here in the perspective of if you're listing these as auctions, you don't know if you're going to be the ceiling that you're hoping to be or the floor that you just purchased at. And like Paul Hickey says, if you're a wash, that's a loss for us because we want to help you guys make money. So lefties fade and Peyton Manning here. I want I do want to ask one question. 
There's been a lot of debate on the show between yourself, Dr. Crack, and Paul between buy it nows um, or best offers slash listing as auctions. So go ahead and click on that like night for those watching. Lefty, go and click on that like 90 day chart rather than all data for me real quick. Mm, I don't love that either. But my question here is like if if you in my opinion, if you want to make this play and Lefty's fading it, I do want to put that out there. Lefty's already faded it. But if you're buying this card and you can snipe one for around the hundred dollar price point and you see that it's jumped up and down between a hundred and two hundred dollars, if you have this card and you can't do anything about it, Lefty. Is this something that you would want to list as a buy it now slash best offer and just leave it up there until you get something you're comfortable with rather than listing it as an auction to avoid having that floor smack you in the face? Yeah, I think that's what we're seeing here is we're seeing a card that is, is you know, it's potentially low pop. The cards that I mean, it's a, it's just over a thousand dollar pop count. So what I'm probably what we're probably seeing here with these flip trades, Connor, what's actually probably happening under the explanation of the data is you're probably not seeing a lot of these cards hit auctions. And okay. the cards that are hitting auctions are the ones that are hitting the floor because it's not a commonly searched card. You know, the eyeballs for this card are not high like some sure. other cards. So, and then the, the peaks of this is probably like, hey, somebody wants to go find a Peyton Manning rookie card. They go and look on eBay, Peyton, Peyton Manning rookie card. There's no auctions available. And so somebody does have a bin and someone has decided to bin buy it now someone's decided to cash that bin which raises the floor back up so i would assume without knowing like where all these uh what what all is happening in this data i would assume that these floors are auctions and some of the peaks are buy it nows when there is no auctions available cool. so yes so essentially yes if you want to make sure if you do have a card like this and you want to make sure that you're going to get the peak of it, you can leave it up for a buy it now for what you want to get out of it. You know, let's go back to this 90-day chart that we're looking at. Right now, we're at $103. There is two of them in the last 90 days that sold for $180. I would assume that those $180 ones were buy it nows. And I would assume that if you did buy this card at $103, you could put it back up for $180 saying oh in the last in the last 90 days this has sold for this amount of money and i assume that eventually that that someone is going to say there's none on auction you know what i'm willing to pay 180 bucks for a peyton manning card maybe it's somebody sure. who has literally no interaction with the hobby they're buying a christmas gift for somebody a wife is like i'm gonna try to buy a, a ps or you know a really nice rookie card for my husband for christmas she didn't know what the evaluation is she said oh wow under 200 dollars Heck yeah. Lefty, great breakdown there. And Chad just gave us some affirmation. He said, Lefty nailed this one. Not a single one on auction right now, but 91 listed at buy it now slash best offers. So Lefty's totally on the right track there. Essentially, Lefty's fading the play. However, if you are stuck with this card, I think the, the move here is going to be to list it at a buy it now slash best offer to avoid, like I said, that floor smacking you in the face. Lefty, we're 45 minutes in. Let's go ahead and roll into your path to profit. Um, I'm a little, I was excited about, uh, your show notes for this one, just because sometimes the right play is knowing when not to make the play, right? It's about mm -hmm. having some patience here. And, um, you like we're, we've, we've been preaching this stuff a lot lately. You might have the right player. You might have the right car, but there's a potential that it's not the right time. Um, so go ahead and hop into your path to profit and kind of what you're doing here to, 
mitigate risk in the portfolio while still making sure you're maximizing profits when you do make your plays. Yeah, so what we talk about every week with this segment is a way that I a new a new uh, path or a new segment or a new strategy that I'm using to try to get into a new player. And so last night I was talking to Connor and I was like, Connor, I I don't have a new one that I'm doing. I'm still working on the previous three to five that I have put forward this month. And he was like, well, just explain why. And you're exactly right. Sometimes we have the perfect strategy and the perfect play, but it takes time for those plays to materialize and to articulate into reality. For instance, the plays that I've been talking about this month, we have a Tyrese Halliburton uh, silver prism PSA 10. There is one available right now as of last night on eBay, and it's six hundred dollars. That's two hundred and fifty or hundred and fifty dollars higher than the the ceiling of where I want to go. And I have put in two offers on this card and been rejected twice on this by this uh, by this buyer. He knows what he has. He knows he's the only one on eBay. So I can't find this card right now, which is why the other day I said, if anybody has this card and wants to sell it to me, even even five to 10% above comps right now, I'm willing to get into this card because I think the 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 uh, the long run on this card is is very high. Same with Otani right now. Otani is the, a little bit different because there's so many of his cards. There is ways you can get into Otani right now, but people know they have Otani cards. People know that if they're going to eBay, they're going to list their cards for a premium because they do not want to be peeled away from an Otani card. No one is like, oh, man, I have all these Otani cards and I just need to get out of every single bit of them. No one is looking at Otani the way they're looking at Ja Morant right now. You know, no one. I mean, maybe not right now, but six months ago, people with John Morant cards were like, oh, crap. What am I going to do with all this? I have a I have a million dollars of John Morant cards right here. What am I going to do with this? I need to panic sell all of them. Same with Josh Giddy a couple weeks ago. Everybody was like, oh, crap. I'm holding this asset that now I can't move at all. No one is thinking that with with Shohei Otani. Everybody's like, you can pay a premium for my Shohei Otani card if you want it, but I'm more than comfortable holding this card. So it's going to take a real strategist to find the right card in the right price point. So Tyrese Halliburton, Otani, we've talked about the Brawny cards being a, a, a position that I'm making because of all the Brawny markers over the last couple of weeks. And then we've talked about Emmanuel Quickly PSA 10 silvers. There are zero Emmanuel Quickly PSA 10 silvers on auction right now. You know, so the, 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 I'm having to be super, super, super patient with my buys for December. It is buying season, not only for me, but for everyone. And another thing is I know that when we share our plays with you guys, you guys are also going out there and competing with us for the plays that we are trying to make. And so that's part of our show. We love giving that content out. But at the same time, I don't want to reach in scenarios where I need to be patient. I need to be patient if I'm going to make these plays pay off over the next six to 12 months. And for instance, I was patient with Caleb Williams. I could have gone out and made any massive Caleb Williams card, but I was patient and found the one that I felt had the most, uh, the most like meat on the bone still had the most meat on the bone here. And I don't think any of these cards that I've discussed, I, I have had a, Otani situation that I am currently bidding on that I'm not going to say anything about until next week so nobody snipes it. Uh, 
But what I'm saying with the other guys, my manual quickly play, I'm going to talk about in a second, but there's just been nothing available on eBay for these cards. It seems like every play that I'm making that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a great buy. I go to eBay and there's just nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, son of a gun, everybody knows or nobody yeah. knows. There's one of these two. Every Everybody knows or nobody knows. And uh, at the same time, you know, like these cards are going to be available someday. But right now I've got to be patient. And even though December is buying season, I'm not just going to buy anything. Yeah, I think that's a perfect breakdown. Um, and Chad, Chad mentioned here, and you've talked about this too, Lefty. You talked about this on the Monday show about Chad was discussing how it might be too late to hop in. He's talked about how all cards but one uh, Shohei's pitching, Topps Chrome pitching, maybe. Top, you can correct me if I'm wrong there, but um, have gone up. So that's really the only card you can invest in. And he expected that to be up within the next four hours or 48 hours. So you talked about, well, yes, that, that might be the case. However, after he signs the contract, we could be able to buy Otani at a dip and there are more markers for him there. So Chad says, should we be patient after he signs a big contract? There'll be Otani's for sale, probably some good deals in late January, early February. So if you're unable to get Otani, the right card at the right price point, is this something you're going to look to do? Wait until uh, the beginning of the year to find better deals and capitalize on margins there? Yeah, after Chad exited the uh, show on Monday, I brought this up at a, at a small point right before the end of the show saying, there will be other buying opportunities for Shohei after he chooses the franchise. You know, like we saw our first big winter move last night. We saw uh, Alex Verdugo get traded from the Boston Red Sox to the New York Yankees, which effectively in my head puts the New York Yankees out of the Juan Soto trade, which if they are moving away from Juan Soto, I think you can see that the Yankees are not willing to overpay on their valuation. You know they've had conversations about Juan Soto. You know they've had evaluations about Yamamoto. You know they've had conversations with Shohei and his agent. I think we've seen the Yankees over the past 10 years not be the Yankees that we saw the past 100 years. They are not willing to say, here's a blank check. We just want that player. They are The, the GM currently is willing to say, we will pay this for that. And the people are like, we're not paying – we're not taking that because you're the Yankees. You can pay us more than that. And they're like, okay, we'll go get somebody else. And I think that's what we saw with Alex Verdugo. I think the Padres said, we want Spencer Jones plus in a trade. And they said, we're not doing that. And he's, they said, okay, we'll kick rocks. And so then they went to their secondary option and they went to the Boston Red Sox and said, uh, Alex Verdugo, we want to bring him in. Let me just, let me just point out, Verdugo and Soto are wildly different players. I think the New York Yankees have completely settled into a long-term play here. Verdugo is not brought in to win games next year. Verdugo is brought in to make a, make a, 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 a seasonable starter for the future so that they can get beyond this year. If you look at their roster right now, it's sad, dude. It does not look like a Yankees roster that you would think of. So, with that being said, Shohei's market. I know I just went on a Verdugo tra uh, train for a second. The reason why right. I explained that is because with Shohei, when he goes and makes his choice, we will see a spike. And I think we will see a spike in his evaluation. But there will also be buyers that are buying now, and Chad talked about this on Monday, so give cred to Chad on this. 
there are going to be buyers that are upset with the team he got on. And they're like, oh, now I'm selling this Shohei card. You know, say it's an Angels uh, fan right now that's buying Shohei cards because they're delusional and they think he's going to come back to the, uh, the Los Angeles Angels. Then he goes and signs with the Dodgers. The last thing that they want to do is hold the guy that is their crosstown rival right now. They're getting out of that cart. And they're going to be selling for an extremely different price point than we have this week. If we have Shohei make the decision today Great or point, tomorrow, Matthew. Friday, there will be more sales that come forward. There are people that are holding the sale to see where his market goes. And it, once he chooses, there will be people saying, cash it. This is the Dodgers. I'm cashing in. And then there's going to be other sellers that are going to say, Dodgers, you got to be freaking kidding me. Get this on eBay. I don't respect this. There's going to be sellers that are in two different mindsets anytime that somebody is a franchise is chosen. There's been a lot of talk that he's going to end up in San Francisco. I don't think that's the there. There's no way in heck he ends up in San Francisco because this guy is looking at breaking records for home runs. And that is the most pitcher friendly ballpark out there. You know, triples alley is, you know, goes on like a polo grounds. You're, that's not going to make sense for you. Probably Connor, but no, it does. Okay, good. Um, there's just, there's no way he's signing in San Francisco. You know, so and I think if he signs in San Francisco, his market goes down. He could sign with the Mariners. The Mariners have created a spot for him in the outfield. They have created a spot in their books for him. They could go get him. They could also go get Juan Soto. They were Juan Soto people uh, when he was traded to the Padres originally. You know, like there are teams that he could end up on that don't have huge markets. He is not bona fide Dodger material right now. Somebody is going to say, Shohei is going to turn around our franchise. We need to go get it. You know, if you're the Mariners GM and you're saying, okay, it's going to cost us between five and $600 million to bring in this player, but this is going to change the phrase, the face of what we're doing, and we're trying to turn a new leaf as, as the Seattle Mariners franchise. Texas Rangers just won uh, the World Championship or the World Series. The Houston Astros are always there. The, 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 the Angels have you know, Mike Trout and Shohei of last year and the A's have just moved to a new city and we're the, we're the ugly stepchild Mariners. We got to make a splash here and they go out and sign Shohei. I could see that being the case. Now you could paint that narrative and it makes sense. So I think there will be opportunities for Shohei after he signs because I I'm, I'm kind of expecting him to not go to the Dodgers and go to a team that people just aren't expecting. You know, what if he goes to the Cubs the Cubs were a really significant um, team in the original 2008 or 2016 pitch for if Shohei's going to come to their team. He loves the Cubs. So right. I think uh, yes, yes, there will be other buying opportunities. A lot of good speculation there. So really to tie it up in a knot, one of the main things that you mentioned there that I thought was interesting is that wherever Shohei goes, there are going to be disappointed fans somewhere holding his print that are going to want to move that card. And we're likely going to see prices drop. So not saying necessarily that that's the main reason for a dip, but I thought that was a really insightful point you made there for why we could see more to, more affordable prices for Shohei uh, to buy at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I love it. That, Let's go all ahead. All that sports talk is for the card evaluation. All right. that is saying, all that speculation aside, Shohei's market is confusing over the next six to twelve months. He's not pitching. 
previously we've seen you know chad has a hot take of where he's actually not going to be as good this year because he's not pitching and we've seen how his other previous years where he was recovering from injury he actually slumped a little bit i agree with that i think we could see a, a slump in, in what he's doing but at the same time this guy's a 600 million dollar player so show his market will have a dip after he chooses between that and march and that's actually the 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 time I'm excited to get in on it. Awesome. I love it. Let's go ahead and roll into uh, invest or fade for the week, a segment where I pitch lefty two cards head to head. And he's got to pick one. And I think I picked some good options this week, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to give lefty some problems. Uh, so if you're listening slash watching, I hope you enjoy uh, the mayhem that I'm about to put lefty through because these are some competitive ones, and I think going to be very insightful uh, getting lefty's feedback. Um, I'm going to start with basketball, and I know I'm heavy on basketball a lot, but don't worry. We're going to do some baseball, and we're going to touch football here. So starting with basketball, we're putting Darius Garland, and I use a lot of players that we've been talking about on the Monday show, uh, Sports Card Strategy Show. So Darius Garland, 2019 Prism Base PSA 10. This is down 54% the last 14 days. It's traded 17 times, so very liquid. Last sale, $11 for a 2019 Prism Base PSA 10 of Darius Garland. I still think this guy's going to be an elite point guard. Uh, you know, Gary from Hoops and Cards, shout out Gary for coming on the show. Um, he was talking about how Donovan Mitchell's taking so much of his usage away. And when Donovan doesn't play, Darius pops off. We've seen some is- some injury issues for Darius this year, and he hasn't played as well uh, as we've expected. But he's still averaging 19-3-6, and six, shooting 46% from the field. His three-point percentages are down a little bit. Guys, $11 for this card. This guy is like, I think within the next three or four years, as we start to see the, the face and the kind of the makeup of the league shift. Some of these stars like Steph, even, uh, I mean, LeBron's going to be gone. Steph, some of these older guys transitioning out of the league, Kevin Durant, that we're going to see, like people are going to have to step up. I think Tyrus Maxey's going to be one of these guys. Um, obviously Luke is going to be a face of the league, Jason Tatum, things like that. But I think Darius Garland, is going to be one of the top players in the league. Once he gets his own time to shine, once Donovan Mitchell heads for typically or uh, hypothetically uh, the New York Knicks, I think his usage is just down right now, and he's not really getting his opportunity. $11 for this card just feels crazy to me, Lefty. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are this is a base prism, first off. And we are recommending you guys buy into silver prisms. Right. So let's just take the moment to say this is a base prism. There's a wild amount of base prism cards out there. So if you can afford getting into a silver, go ahead and get into the refractor. That is the, the rookie card. Um, for basketball and we talked about that on the overflow show um this week but this is an 11 dollar card when a zion base prism is 80 dollars ish so (laughs) is darius garland you know seven levels underneath zion no he's not is he a double uh, underneath kate hunting cunningham no he's not do people care more about Cade Cunningham in this market? Yes. Yeah. They let do. me let me give the breakdown. Sorry, guys. I should have I should have mentioned this. We're we're putting Darius Carlin up against Cade Cunningham. My apologies. Cade Cunningham's 2021 Prism Base PSA 10. So same card PSA 10s. Uh, it's at a similar kind of spot. Down 39% the last 14 days. 12 transactions over that time period. Last sale 22 dollars. So twice as expensive as Darius Garland's. He's averaging 22 four and seven. He's not very efficient, which is something that bothers me a lot with young guys, because I think when we see younger guys with high efficiency, we're looking at people that have long term high upside, not necessarily in the card market, but as NBA players turning into stars Um, to 42 percent from the field, just 35 percent from three. The Pistons are two and 18 
the very bottom of their conference. Who are you rolling with here? If gun to your head, you got to pick one between Garland and Cunningham. You, you can't invest in the Prism Silver. You got to pick the Prism based on one of these two. Who are you picking? Kate Cunningham. I just think he has really? a, I think he's a more flashy name. Okay. In this, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the card darling, not because I think his he's better. I think Darius Garland is way better than Cade Cunningham, but I think I can sell a Cade Cunningham way faster. And the pop okay. count is 1,248 rather than 5,608. Okay. I respect that answer. Yeah. Yeah. Like the good, something to take away from Lefty's answer there is like remove, you got to be able to remove what your heart says and, and, look at the market, see what those actual sports card market is doing rather than what your heart thinks these players are doing. Because if you're someone that watches the game, you see Darius as a more efficient guard. He's, in my opinion, he has better floor, uh, like floor general ability and court vision. Um, obviously, Kate Cunningham gets a ton of usage over in the trash franchise that is the Detroit Pistons. Uh, sorry, Paul. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's I think that's a good answer there, Lefty. If you feel more comfortable um, that because he's a he's been a hobby, a hobby darling, um, he's a flashier name. That this is a better investment. There, they're both such low investments that I like to pick. And I think Cade Cunningham being down sixty six point two percent right now is is more appealing. What's I that just, time period? Uh, the th last year. But if you look okay. at the last ninety days, he is forty eight percent down. So, sure. Cade Cunningham over Darius Garland's prism base for lefty there. Moving right along, we're going to get into some vintage baseball. In my opinion, these these count as vintage. Uh, they're before I was born. So anything before I was born, for me, that's vintage. Uh, I picked this because we don't talk about vintage baseball much. So as I, as I pitch these names, lefty, I want you to kind of discuss, are there markers for these guys? Is, the, is this kind of just more of a cyclical thing where you got to wait for seasonality, hype spikes to carry your profits? Um, we're putting Ken Griffey Jr., 1989, Don Russ base, PSA 10, um, which is down 30% over the last 30 days. Last sale, $257, and has traded 14 times over the last 30 days. Uh, it's basically sitting at a two-year low. This is typically like a $350 card. Um, so we're going to put that left-handed swinger against another Barry Bonds, 1986, tops traded base, PSA 10, down 11% the last 30 days. Last sale, $260, so very similar prices are going prices for both of these cards right now. It is more liquid, even though it's uh, it hasn't dropped as much as Griffey's card has. It's 34 transactions over the last 30 days, uh, which is near a three-year low for this card. I think this is also near a $350 card. So what are the markers for vintage baseball? Where do you make money? And for Barry Bonds, I'm curious to see what you think on a, uh, a decision change on his potential entering the Hall of Fame. Is that something that could happen? Um, and would that be a massive marker for him that would, that would kind of boost his upside relative to this, to this Ken Griffey Jr. card? That was a mouthful. Uh, yeah. The, the, well, first off, great comparison. Look at this all-time chart. Like, you've smashed a relatively very similar trajectory of these past two cards. Price evaluation. Uh, you've got the two big names in the hobby. Great job. Um for in the past 90 days, even you've seen this these charts relatively go together. Griffey is a a more um, promoted name. Let's put it that way. You know, it's a safer name in the PR world right now. Sure. Ken Griffey. You know, like if if you are a company that's going to 
sign a sponsorship with one of these players, you're calling Griffey two times before you're calling Barry once, you know? And so, um, but I think that narrative is eventually going to change with bonds. Bonds is a player that was elite, just world-class. Yes. He's stuck with the, uh, with the ding of the steroid era. And he was the best in the steroid era. So even if, now, this isn't a discussion about steroid era, but I do think there is there is an opportunity for Barry Bonds to enter the hall in a, in a different way. The original voting, now I, I would need to freshen up on this, and um, you know, Connor and I don't look he I don't look at the cards he's presented to me before the show starts um, because I, I want to come in with fresh evaluation, That's a better fresh genuine eye. answer. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, had I known beforehand, I would have actually had the the right language of this but there are other ways to get into the hall other than the original voting there's this process that's uh, i don't remember exactly what it's called but basically it goes to rather than the original voters i think it goes to like um the, maybe the people that are already in the hall of fame can vote in a player at, like once every 15 years after they've exited the ballot and so i think there are other ways where barry could get into the hall of fame uh, that i think do happen eventually yeah, um, so I've, think... I've got it pulled up real quick. So Bonds is out of eligibility for, and this is according to Sports Illustrated, for BBWA election in the hall, but he can still get in, get in via committee votes. Yes. That was as of vote. July 11th, 2023. So committee vote can get him in, and I do think he eventually does get in alongside some of the other steroid guys. And I think when that happens, not that his name will be exonerated because he will they will know oh he's in the hall but he is still have an asterisk next to him but i don't think that necessarily changes the voters or uh, uh, changes the buyers i don't think everybody's going to be like oh he's in the hall now i'm buying you know like i still think the the stigma is going to be the same okay. but i think this card um, is one that's worth uh, investing in plus if you're putting me gun to my head against these two, especially with how similar their uh, price points have been for the all-time data, not over the last 90 days, we're talking all-time. I'm taking the Pirates card because I just like the look of it, and I think his. Uh, I think if you're giving me a choice between two cards that have the exact same data, and they're both PSA tens, I'm just gonna go with the one I like, and I like the look of this Pirates card. I think the Pirates. Hat, old school hat with him looking like a you know like Barry Bonds is like young Barry Bonds here. You have you're not you're not seeing steroided Barry Bonds. You're seeing you know the athlete that was going to be the one of the best baseball players ever. And the one with this Ken Griffey card makes him look like not Ken Griffey. That doesn't look like Ken Griffey to me. So I'm taking the Pirates card just because the way it looks because both of these I think are good long term investments. Okay, so. Just to clarify, you're essentially saying that there's such there's such similar valuation and in, in upside and risk tolerance that you're at the point where it's really a coin flip and you're taking the card that you like more. Is that correct? Yes. Love it. I mean, every yeah. chart when I pick we these, look at, they're, they're exactly so the same. neck and neck. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, there Sorry have been ta there's been times where Barry's higher. There's been times where Griffey's higher. There's been times where they're both at the same evaluation. You know, like, I mean uh in october of last year this card sold for the same price 17 times yep. so give me the one i like more i like the pirates taking barry bonds i like it all right up next 
I am testing, and I, I'm upset that I'm almost upset with myself for picking one of these players because I think it's going to make you bias in your decision. But what I'm trying to do here is test how much we value quarterbacks in football over skill position players. So I'm I'm giving you a quarterback that we don't believe in or a skill player with markers that you have to pick from here. So we're going to take Devontae Smith's 2021 Optic Downtown PSA. Devontae Smith is not even the best receiver on his own team, though he is having a good year. 64 catches for 834 yards and six touchdowns. Eagles are most certainly contenders. In my opinion, the favorite to win the Super Bowl at the moment, even with the loss to the Niners. They're down 22% the last 30 days. This card is, excuse me, is 2021 Optic Downtown PSA 10, down 22% the last 30 days. Last sale, $430. Um, 12 trades over the last 30 days. And in May, this card sold for 650 bucks. So even if like you don't even need necessarily, if you're willing to hold for a certain amount of time, you don't even need to have them win the Super Bowl, which obviously would be a positive if he plays well. But you could wait for seasonality here. And this card turns into a $600 card based on historical data. Data. Versus Kenny Pickett, 2022 Contenders Rookie Ticket Auto, oh, PSA 10. Down 30% the last 30 days. 10 transactions was selling above $1,000 in the preseason. This is roughly a $350 card right now. Oh, man, Connor. Come on. How much do we value quarterbacks over skill position players? Who are you rolling with here? This is the one that I thought would make you sweat. I'm pissed off about this one. <laughs> because everything in my bones is like pick something other than Kenny Pickett. Like Kenny Pickett's terrible. You got to go somewhere else. But I don't think Kenny Pickett's Mac Jones bad. I think I Kenny mean, Pickett is just just bad, bad. not Mac Jones yeah. bad. Like I think he is Carson Wentz bad. You know, not Mac Jones bad. I mean, we're we're talking you know future backup in the NFL bad, not future couch sitter sure uh, and Devontae Smith or Devonta Smith I don't think we've seen the best of him yet sure yeah I mean it's uh, um I'm gonna take Kenny Pickett Connor <laughs> I know I knew you would and I also I think sometimes it's okay to say there's not one clear cut answer. Like I think the answer to this depends on your cash flow and what your long term goals are. Because if like if you have to buy a card right now knowing you need cash flow soon, the play to me is Devontae Smith because he's got short term markers. We've got a playoff run coming up. Kenny Pickett is just not to me a, sh a great short term investment, but but long term investments because of how much this card is down. And what the NFL hype cycles can do to a guy like Kenny Pickett, I think that he would might he would be the better investment for someone willing to wait for the offseason slash that six to twelve month period. I mean, the Steelers might make the playoffs, Connor. Yeah, it's Kenny Pickett. If what's he gonna do in the playoffs? If I'm not, I don't care. If they make the playoffs, I'm selling this on a seven day auction before that game starts. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I still think that short term Devontae Smith's the better the better player. Take a punter over Pickett. Yeah, Bride Steeler714 says, What is up with the Kenny Pickett talk? I would take a punter over Kenny Pickett. Bride, I think I'm on the same page. I can't believe it, but I think I'm rolling with Devontae Smith for short term. Again, I think long term Pickett's probably the better investment. Lefty's taking Pickett either way because Pickett is now Lefty's guy. 
Oh, no. No, no, no. If that's the way this is narrative is going to get painted, I'm picking Devonta Smith. I would rather lose money than be. Than let's talk about I'm in the Kenny Pickett. Let's talk a little bit about why you would take Pickett in this scenario over a skill position guy. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, so when people are investing in football cards, they are investing in quarterbacks or the very rare occasion that there is someone on their team that is worth investing in outside of a quarterback. Devontae Smith, I think, is, in my opinion, maybe the fourth option on that team investing-wise. Let Yep, do it in math in your head. Who I've you, got Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown. I don't know who the other one is. Who are you missing? I want it to be uh, Jason Kelsey, but I don't think that is who it is. Is he? That, he has car, he has investable cars. He does have cards. I think that because of where the media is at, I would rather have a Jason Kelsey card definitely than I would, than I would rather have a Devonta Smith card. That's crazy. A center in the NFL, but, but he's because, everywhere. He's, he's everywhere. everywhere, and his brother is everywhere. The fact and he's that a Hall I, of Famer. yes, yeah, he's he's the modern day Jeff Saturday for sure, absolutely. And so I, he's fourth on the Eagles, I think, in in cards I would invest in. Okay, Kenny Pickett. If I'm investing in a Steeler right now, which I'm not, I'm picking Kenny Pickett because he's the guy. He's the guy. You know, I'm I'm not gonna take Pickens or you know. I'm not going to take Najee Harris has me scared, man. I think his market is going to, I don't know what's he definitely is not the player that I thought he was going to be. And Kenny Pickett still is going to be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of the biggest franchises in the NFL. Honestly, if I could invest in their coach, I would do that more than Kenny Pickett. But um, yeah, I'm going to take this Kenny Pickett auto because RTA PSA 10 when the Pittsburgh Steelers make the playoffs is going to sell for, I would imagine around $500. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, getting reflection from lefty there. I think you're, you're probably on the right page. It's just Kenny Pickett. I have such a, I think my, my morals make it difficult for me. to. Justin Stewart says, I have so many Kenny Pickett cards. If you have so many Kenny Pickett cards, get out of them when they make the playoffs. Don't wait for the game. As soon as you find out when the game is going to be, set your timer on your watch to, or on your phone to go off and have those listed seven days prior to before the game starts. Good stuff, Lefty. Let's roll. Let's roll into. I say it every week. One of my favorite segments, the 1K Budget Builder, Lefty. I'm going to let you uh, rattle off all three of your picks: your low end, your mid tier, and your high end investments. For those of you that don't listen to this show often. We get a thousand bucks every week to invest um, in a low end, mid tier, and high tier player. You can invest however many cards you want for each one in terms of if you want to get three of the same card for a low end tier player, as long as it equals about a thousand dollars. I am tracking these and we're probably going to give updates roughly every month. So probably next week's show will give updates there. Um, but it is on Lefty to keep me advised when he wants to sell. So what I'm going to do, Lefty, I need to share this with you so you have visibility, but I'm going to create a document that we both have where it has a full list of what we're investing in. Um, and I might add, try to use Market Movers. If you're not using Market Movers, you should, and you should use our code for savings. There are no off-season at Market Movers. Um, 
we might use that so that we have a full list of what we're doing to find accurate uh, and up-to-date pricing movements so that you can let me know when things are changing there. But nonetheless, go ahead and hop into your three picks for the week, Lefty, and then I'm prepping you for mine because I think I brought it strong this week. Well, here's what you need to know. I'm selling Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco <laughs> did exactly what I thought he was going to do. Already marked it, brother. Yes, Already marked sir. it off. I am. Uh, I is exactly what I thought. As soon as I saw the news, I was like, he's going to come in. He's going to lead this team. He's going to put up 200 plus yards. He's going to throw a really juicy looking deep ball and he's going to lose. And so that's exactly what happened, Connor. But I think Joe Flacco does end up winning some games for this Browns team. And I think he is the Browns quarterback that's going to start a playoff game. So I think Kenny Pickett and Joe Flacco are going to start playoff games this year. And I don't think they're going to be the worst quarterbacks that do that. We could see Bethard start a playoff game after Trevor Lawrence sprained his ankle last year. CJ Bethard, yep. I mean, we we are seeing some just horrific uh, injury updates for quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, like, think about how many backup quarterbacks are starting games right now. Crazy. It makes me think next year, I'm just going to go out and buy one uh, card of every NFL backup because if there's this many that are going to start games. I feel like you're going to make money on that. <laughs> like if yeah, we could go, there'd be some if, strategy we could, there. if we could retrospectively go back and look at the evaluation of every backup quarterback in the NFL and then buy cards before they started their games and then look at what the the profit loss on that would be that would be very interesting very interesting data on that one uh or data 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 now i don't know which go. one now there i don't know what's the right one um I've done but, this. <laughs> but you, yeah you have done this to me my so this week's thousand dollars i'm super pumped about because i'm bringing back up something that i have not talked about in a long time and that is the world's greatest game footy I am a massive football fan, and I'm talking about the round version. Huge, huge upside, I think, for these three players. And I have, I'm bringing it strong today, my friend. My thousand dollars is going into three what I can am considering wonder kids in uh, the in the soccer market. So I'm going to start with. Two 2022-2023 Panini Chrome Ra- uh, Rasmus Hoy- Hoyland Contender <laughs> Optic Rookie Cards. I loved this card so much as I was researching it, Connor. I bought one. I literally went out and bought this card. This is Love not that. a figurative. I literally went out and bought a Rasmus Hoyland card. He is tearing it up at Manchester United. As a $75 million August transaction for the this Manchester United team, this is a 20-year-old first-year Manchester United player. Simple here, Connor. Big club, big goal-scoring potential, big money spent. That means they're going to parade this man. He has five Champions League uh, appearances this year and five goals in those Champions League. And we know those are the games that matter. Those are the most watched games in soccer around the world is the Champions League. And he's got five goals in five games. Will he stay in favor is the question for this Manchester United team. 
when when we look forward, we don't know whether his market is going to go up or down, whether he stays in form or out of form. We have seen players come in young into the Premier League and exit early. But will he be a guy that stays long term? Will he make a name for himself? His cards are tough to find because there's not any Manchester United cards. So you've got to go out and find his Serie A cards, which look are our rookie tickets um, right now. So this Chrome uh, contender rookie ticket is what I've gotten into. I've gotten into a PSA 10 of that for $40, Connor. $40. The, the, like, I think there's so much upside on this player. Um, when you look at transfer market, which is one of the biggest uh, uh, sites in the World Wide Web around the world for soccer news, this guy is number five on transfer markets most increased value since January. Number wow. five in all of soccer in terms of where his evaluation started in January and where it is currently. And when we just when we look at just forwards, just guys scoring goals, he's number uh, number two, no number three, and the other two guys are the only two guys in, ahead of him in this in this category. So I think he is a great buy. Rasmus Hoyland is in is how you pronounce it. Plus, this is another factor that I have not talked about yet. Rasmus Hoyland is he has started eight goals or he has started eight games for Denmark. He has scored six goals at the senior national team level for Denmark. Scandinavian soccer has taken a moonshot of a rise since um, Erling Haaland has started in Norway. So Norway, Denmark, Sweden, all those Finland, uh, Netherlands, all those Scandinavian teams are taking a big, big rise over the past year, a year to two years because of the attention that Halan has brought to all those soccer players. Denmark is taking a massive rise, and I would say Rasmus and his brothers, mind you, will all be cards that you will know about in the future. So get into Rasmus while you can. I think he will also have some really investable Manchester United cards that will not necessarily be his rookie cards, but will be Manchester United autos, but they are not out yet. So Rasmus Hoyland is my first low end. So I'm taking two of those. Fifty dollars a piece, even Love though I know, even though I know I can get them for forty, I'm going to say two of those for a hundred dollars. Before you continue, Lefty, I just want to make a point that I love when you talk soccer. For those of you listening, if you guys hear Lefty start bringing up soccer, you better understand that the man's prepared and is going to have some good information. So, lock in for these next two picks, Lefty. Go ahead and keep it rolling, my friend. I'm actually going to go to my high end card, Connor. Okay, because my mid tier card is the one I'm most excited about. So I'm going to go for my high-end card. I'm going to take two PSA 10 Panini Chronicles. Victor Osa, uh, Osa, sorry. I, I focus so hard on getting these right that now I'm getting them wrong. Victor Osaman, PSA 10 Panini, Chroni or Panini Chronicles rated rookie blue out of 49. This card is going for $312, and I'm getting two of these. This guy is one of the Napoli strikers that made Napoli rise to in this Italian uh, cup last year. He is number four on the list of highest risers in the sport. The other list I just talked about, Hoyland being number five on, he's number four in transfer market spikes since January. He is one of the faces of that Napoli team that destroyed all odds last season. 
and has six goals in 10 appearances this year. He is one of the stars of the AFCON tournament and plays for a Nigerian national team, and he's destroying expectations there. He is putting the Nigerian national team on the map. Similar to how Hoyland is putting Denmark on the map, uh, Victor is destroying people in, in the AFCON tournament. He is due for a huge transfer soon. He has asked for a transfer away from Napoli because of coaching disagreements. And he is potentially going to Mauricio Pochettino's Chelsea team. Chelsea in England are about to have Victor uh, Osaman on their team. And he is going to score heck of bags for this Chelsea team that needs a striker. They need a striker. Pochettino needs a big transfer. He could potentially break the uh, the uh, if he signs for what they think he does in January or in or in the summer. He is going to break the transfer record for the English Premier League. All of the English Premier League over time past, one of the most famous famous places ever. He's going to break the transfer record, Connor, for the most expensive player to ever be bought by an English club. That's insane. That's a big marker, right? Yeah, that's insane. That is a huge marker, which is why I think this guy no one knows about. He's playing at a Napoli team that is incredible, by the way. And he's a Nigerian footballer, which he's incredible at, by the way. But no one, I would say you ask 10, 10 soccer fans on the street, especially in America. If you're like, are if you find actual people that say, I'm a soccer fan, and they know anything about world soccer, I say the odds of those people knowing who Victor is are two out of ten. And so I think this is a great investment. If you're getting an out of 50 PSA 10 of a guy who's about to about to do a transfer record transfer into English Premier League soccer, and you're getting that $312, give me two of those. Give me two of those, Connor. I'm coming in at $600 of my 1000 into Victor uh, Osaman. Pochettino is going to bring him into Chelsea, and I think it's going to change the way that we see African soccer players. That is my high end, mid tier. This is the guy that I'm most excited about. I know you're saying, you're as a listener, you're like Rasmus Hoyland and Victor Osiman. How can you get more excited after you've just been this excited? I am over the moon over watching this player. This player that I'm about to talk about is a PSG player that could potentially come back to PSG. Mbappe is about to leave PSG, and PSG is going to be wondering, who is their next wonder kid that they're going to bring in? I have the answer for you, and he's already in the team. He is currently on loan at Red Bull Leipzig, and he's playing in Champions League or in in European football with Leipzig. And I tune into every Leipzig game just to watch this player, Connor. Have you ever even heard of Red Bull Leipzig? No. Well, let me... Let me tell you, they have some of the best kids. Like the, they are known for being a club that brings in huge talent and develops them and sells them onto the next player. Let me let me just name some players for you. Do you know who Brendan Aronson is? No, I don't. I'm okay. a, I am not close to as uh, well. He he's a the soccer realm as you. He's a starter on the U.S. Men's National Team. He started. Okay. At, he he played for Leipzig. Do you know? Who Erling Holland is? I do. That's right, you do. Leipzig player. 
Do you know who Javi Simons is? Or Siemens. Do you know who Javi Siemens is? We'll say yes for, for argument purposes. You're going to know now because that is who this mid-tier talent is that I'm bringing in. He is a mid-tier guy that I'm going to take two tops 2021, 2022 tops Chrome PSG team set autographs because he's already in his PSG kit, Connor. This autographs are in a PSG kit. And I think that Xavi comes back. Xavi Siemens is going to come back. This 20-year-old uh, Netherlands starter is doing things on the soccer field that when you look, you're like, holy crap, dude. This dude is playing some soccer. I literally watch Leipzig just to watch this guy play. He is my favorite investment in all of soccer right now. And he's the guy like even when I play FIFA, Connor, I'm like, OK, I know I'm going to what first season in my career mode. I'm going to I'm going to get uh, Xavi on my team because he's just that good. When I look at him, I'm like, this is a player that is going to be wildly famous over the next 10 years. In my estimation, his transfer evaluation went from 18 million dollars in January to 70 million dollars this year. This is a over plus $100 million player transfer if he does transfer away from PSG. You know, we just, oh, Southern Soccer Idiot, he's here. We've, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to get to Southern Soccer Idiot in a second, but he says that he's not going to pay for play for PSG. That's fine. If he doesn't play for PSG, this guy's going to break transfer records probably as well. Xavi is incredible. The way he plays on the ball is it's just breathtaking to watch. He scored some of screamers in top competition in European football, and he has four goals, seven assists, and 13 matches for this Leipzig team. I'm looking at his value to rise exponentially over the next few years. Get in while nobody knows who he is. Currently, he is the third highest value riser in transfer market value since January 1st. You know who are fourth and fifth? Rasmus Hoyland and Victor Osiman. He is higher riser than them, Connor. Give me Xavi, son. Give me Xavi. Here's another interesting fact. We had one uh, sports card strategy show earlier this year where I brought in my friend Trey and we talked about soccer. We talked about soccer in, in a very early episode of the sports card strategy soccer edition when we were doing stuff a different way at the sports card strategy show. We brought in my friend Trey and I said, who are some wonder kids you're looking at over the next five years that people will know about? This man said Javi Siemens when we had that podcast. I don't know where he found that from, but he did. And I'm saying now Javi's one of my favorite players to watch. He's so, so fun. And I believe that he will be incredibly valuable over the next couple of years. So in the next six to two, he's already been the third most rising player in terms of or in terms of forwards, Connor. He's number one. He's number one on the list of highest valuation risers over the last six to 12 months. I look for that to even be exponential in his card values over the next six to 12 months. These This guy has no cards currently available in auction. Otherwise, I would have bought them yesterday. I or I bought some Rasmus Hoyland yesterday. I can't wait to buy into some more of Xavi Siemens. Give them to me, Connor. I'm taking two of all three of these cards, and I'm running to the bank as this is my most favorite $1,000 that I have ever spent. And I believe that in real life, I would buy all three of these or all six of these cards today if you had them in front of me. I would take out a loan from somewhere to buy these cards.
I love it, Lefty. Soccer day from Lefty. One filled with passion. I've got it down in the books for him. We're going to keep track and see how this plays out for him. Hopefully very well. I love the passion from Lefty there and all the valuable information. Let's roll into my picks. Low end is a guy that we talked about on the overflow show a little bit. Basketball player, naturally. And I think that like he's just super undervalued at the moment. And I think that he's not—he's one of the guys that's not getting the, the credit that he deserves, kind of like we talked about with Jalen Brunson. But I think that he's young enough and has enough upside that he can break that barrier of someone that earns the respect. Probably needs to go to a new franchise, but that's to be determined. Scotty Barnes, 2021 Prism Base PSA 10. I know that we don't always buy, or we don't always recommend buying bases over silvers, but today I think it makes sense. Down 61% the last 30 days. Um, while the Raptors have been poor this year, they're 11th in the East. They're only two games back of a play-in spot. So that's doable. Barnes is averaging 20 points a game, nine rebounds and six assists on 47% from the field and 38% from three. He's also averaging nearly two steals per game. So we're talking about someone that is extremely diverse. He can bring the ball up the floor. He can play the wing position. He can defend one through four. He's shooting the ball well. He gets to the rack well. He's got great size. I believe in Scotty Barnes. This card sold for $16. I talked about how cheap that $11 Darius Garland was. You mentioned $11 compared to a Zion Prism base that was $80. I think $16 bucks for Scotty Barnes here is a steal. And I think within the next couple of years, we, like I said with Darius, He's someone that's going to be one of the faces in the league over the next few years. He's going to he's going to elevate himself into like a top 20 guy, and I believe that. I'm buying nine of these bases for $150, and this is going to be a bulk play for me. Mid-tier. Sticking with basketball, you better believe it. I don't know if I'm allowed to do what I'm doing here, but I'm as, a, as one of the hosts of this show, uh, I'm granting myself an executive authority. I'm doing it. Jason Tatum, 2017 Prism Silver, but I'm buying it raw, lefty. Why am I buying it raw? Because I'm not just buying it. I'm buying this with a play. This card is down 16% the last 365 days in raw. The last sale was 305 bucks. This card gems at a 58% clip and 38% of the time gets a PSA 9. So that's combined 96% of the time. PSA 9s go for $372. Boom. $70 profit right off the rip just from getting it graded. Obviously, you got to take out grading fees. PSA 10 goes for almost $700. So I buy this card raw. I get it graded. Depending on the grade, I can wait for a Celtics playoff push to hopefully increase the value even more. I think this one's a no-brainer. I'm taking a buy raw in grade play. I don't know if I was allowed to do that, but sure. I've done it. Jason Tatum, 2017 Prism Silver raw. I'm out of breath. I like that play. Thank you. I'm like I'm like thinking like, do I have three hundred dollars to potentially put into a Jason Tatum play right now? Ninety six percent either gyms. Yeah, or gets a PSA 9 to make such money. such good data, Connor. That's such good data. Thank you. And data. Let's keep rolling. High-end, Joe Burrow, 2020 select field level silver, PSA 10. This is the time right now to buy this card. Right now. It's down 32% the last 30 days. Pop count 559, which is kind of in that sweet spot. Last sold for $549, which is an all-time low for this card. It's typically between $800 and $1,200. You don't have to do anything with this card, but wait for the hype cycle to... Uh, of the NFL hype cycle to return and Joe Burrow to be back ready to roll as a top quarterback in the league. To me, this one's an absolute no brainer. 550 bucks for a car that typically sits between 800 and 1200 dollars. And you have to do no, we're not waiting for any performance based markers here. Just waiting for the 
Joe Burrow to get healthy and for the NFL offseason to bring some hype as the regular season next year draws closer. Those are my three picks for the week. I'm out of breath. Lefty, what are your thoughts? I love it. I think Scotty Barnes is probably the weakest play in my opinion, and still Agreed. that card has that card has uh, good uh, high end value. I think Definitely the Jason Tatum play, yeah, but I think it's fine. It's a low end, you know, 150 for nine cards. Give it to me, Connor. Come on. Um, we've got Jason Tatum raw play, such a good play right there, and Joe Burrow. We have ex- we've almost exhausted talking about Joe Burrow on this show, and so you have to right now. Yeah, the the point is, it doesn't matter if you've exhausted Joe Burrow. Buy into Joe Burrow. What are you doing? That's that's that is a. Uh, I was trying to think of a cool saying to say, and I don't have one, so that's criminally good. undervalued right now. I know he's hurt. I know he's not playing, but that price is is just free money. For that, I know you don't like the selects, Lefty. I know you don't like them, but it's free money. Sometimes love, we got to put the I love the emotion Burrow. aside. I love, love money. Burrow. That's right. All right, let's roll into winner of the week. We're two for four now. Last week, hold on. Let, let hold on, hold on, hold on. What's up, Connor? You did not give yourself enough credit. So let me give give me just a second. Hold sure. on, to your, hold on to your ears, podcasters. Ladies and gentlemen, Connor Barnett uh, coming off a heater of a win, bringing himself back to 50%. We have the winner of the week coming forward. Connor, Thank you, give Lefty. us your explanation. You know, it felt it felt good to get a win last week just because when I pick these, man, I'm doing I'm getting in the trenches. We're not just deep diving sports cards. This is a, these are deep dive sports bets that I'm making. They are not investment advice. When that bet hit, yeah, last week I was like, "Come on!" I needed it. I needed I it. You know, we got off to, to a see rough you start. Come to this podcast with a one for four. <laughs> I would have been in shambles. But the good news is, I'm not in shambles. We're two for four, and we're going to be three for five. We're scrapping this. We're scrapping. Absolutely, this but we're not, and we're going to keep trending in the right direction. Come on, this Connor. week, give it to me. We got another basketball parlay. We're taking. We're looking at the 76ers, Philadelphia 76ers, and Washington Wizards game. We're taking the Sixers money line at minus 480. I don't think that many people would be surprised to think, for me to think, that the Sixers are going to win this game. For those of you that don't know what the money line is, essentially that's just us saying the Sixers will win that game. Tobias Harris, this is a guy that I have been making solid money on throughout the season so far because he we talk about cards being undervalued. This dude is so undervalued in the sports betting world for some reason. It's hard to find these guys, but Tobias Harris is one of the guys for me this year. A couple years ago, it was Jeremy Grant. Guys like that that are, you know, kind of... It was when Jeremy Grant uh, was on another team before uh, before the Portland Trailblazers. But there are guys that are just second and third options that are just, for some reason, their lines are set way too low, and Tobias Harris is one of them. Now, alt lines, alternative lines do not come out until a couple hours before the game. So this singular leg is a projection and I've made it enough time to think that I'm pretty accurate on my odds predictions here. So Tobias Harris, alt points, his straight line is set at 15.5 points. I don't want to take 15.5, but what I will do is take over 13.5. So you can take an alternative line. I think that will be roughly minus 300 based on what his straight line is set at. So minus 480 and minus 300, very conservative legs. He scored over 13 points in seven out of his last 10 games, and he has double-digit side attempts in each game, the last 10 games. 
and he's shooting over 50% for the season. So not only is he taking, getting shots up, he's, he's scoring efficiently, um, very frequently scoring over 13.5 points. Harden's departure has really brought him back in the mix for the Philadelphia 76ers. And the Wizards, who they're playing against, are 29th out of 30 in defensive rating. So a lot of signs there that that um, this, the Sixers were going to have a strong game offensively tonight, which is why the last leg will be Tyrese Maxey. Talk about Maxey a ton because we like investing in him uh, in the sports card world right now. We're taking him 20 plus points, which is minus 450. So we've got three legs, all extremely conservative because I do not have a high risk tolerance. Maxey has scored less than 20 points in only three games all year. He's averaging 27 points per game. Like I mentioned, the Wizards near the absolute bottom in defensive rating in the entire NBA. All three of these legs give you roughly even odds, slightly in the positive. Again, that uh, projection for minus 300 was an estimate for Tobias Harris alt lines. Very safe legs. That's my bet of the week. We're going to go to three for five, which will be a 60% clip. Lefty, what's your correlating sports card play slash advice with explanation? So when I was looking at this play, I was thinking, okay, we've talked about the Wizards. We've talked about the Sixers. So I can't make a, a, a definition uh, card bet based on those two cards. Tobias Harris, I would never recommend you buying a Tobias Harris card. And Maxi, I wouldn't necessarily buy, buy a Maxi card right now because of his market being so high. Sure. So what am I doing? My lefty's correlation play advice is... None other than the next Tyrese Maxey. Emmanuel Quickly. I love it. Is who I'm bringing up again. This is not necessarily tied into your play, but it's tied into your play because I think he's going to be the next Maxey. It is Emmanuel Quickly's fourth year in the NBA. And what we've seen him do in his short limited experience is score the basketball. If we know anything about sports cards, they follow the scorers. People that score the basketball get money when it comes to uh, evaluations. And this card, I think I'm going to walk into a little bit of an explanation of why I'm I am buying into this card specifically. Emmanuel quickly prism silver base cards raw. Or, sorry, not not base cards. Emmanuel quickly prism silver cards raw. Looking at the dots on the centering. Now, let me let me pull up. For those of you that are watching online, let me do something for you. I'm going to go to eBay right now. I'm going to look at my Emmanuel Quickly's. Oh, it looks like I just won a Shohei Otani card. That's great. Um, Emmanuel, Bang. that is awesome. Thank, thank you, Lord. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly Prism Silver Raw is what I'm typing in here. Um, if you look at a prism silver card, let's find one that's on auction. We're scrolling. Here we go right here. There's what I want to look at for this card specifically. Connor, a lot of times centering is a bad problem with these prism cards. Before you buy any of these on eBay, you can already tell what the centering is on this card because it gives you like the prism silver cards especially the year this year 2020 2021 gives you an automatic uh measurement tool on the card see these little bubbles connor on the side gotta uh, gotta share the screen so lefty if you if you're oh, uh anticipating sorry. sorry 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 no it's all good it's all good if you're listening 
Lefty will, um, and not I will viewing, Lefty it. is going to continue to accurately explain it for you. So hang tight with us. Okay. So let's look at this card here. Okay. See this card? See how it has these little chrome bubbles on the side? Yes. There are, on this card specifically, this is the one I'm bidding on. There's four on this side with a little bit shaved off of the fourth one. There's four on this side, a little bit shaved off on this side. When you come to the top and the bottom, there's seven here, and there's seven here, seven here, and seven here. If it was off-center, those are not all going to be the same numbers. It's, it's when, you are, tool. when you are buying, you, it is an automatic centering tool when you are looking at Prism, uh, Panini Prism silver cards, especially the 2020-2021s, because you can see these little dots in the corners and on the sides are exactly replicable on the other side. You know this is a well-centered card, which is one of the massive problems for Prism cards. One of the massive problems is they don't center well. And so if you can buy into a card you already know is centered, that is a heck of a good play. So what I'm saying is buy these in bulk from eBay, but make sure you are looking at the dots. Zoom in and look at the dots before you buy the card. Of course, I would recommend while you're here looking at the corners, try to see if you can see any surface damage. This one is in a top loader and in a penny sleeve, so you can't tell. It looks like maybe there's some pock marks, but that also could be dust. But I'm saying mitigate some of your risk here. Buy into a card that you know is already well-centered. What you can do here is buy these for $5. These are going for around $5. I'll go ahead and place a bid on this. $3. Booyah. You're watching it live. And I'm going to come back. This card is going to come to me within 3 to $5. I'm going to put a $15 grading fee on top of that. It's a $20 card. This card is selling, and what I think it will be when he gets his moment in the sun, will be at least a Jalen Brunson card of $150. At least. But I think it could yep. go all the way up to where Tyrese Maxey's at. $400 and $500 card. If you're getting into this card for 20 bucks after grading either way you can sell that you can sell it for profit right now connor because this card is around 50 to 60 bucks if you can sell this card for 50 to 60 bucks right now and you already are mitigating so many so much risk by having a grading tool simply on the card give it to me this is how we make money in a sports card strategy show deep dive I love this, Lefty. I love this play. I love the quickly play. We've talked about how there's a bunch of different Tyrese Maxis in the league. Emmanuel quickly. Bones Highland. Terrence Mann. All of them have very similar play styles, but quickly is the closest one right now. So if you're interested in making the play with high ceiling, low floor, quickly is the way to go. I love this here. I love the the quick tip for everyone on the on the free centering tool that they've they've uh, offered us here. So um, love the correlation there. I'm a big quickly guy. With that being said, let's roll into our audience Q&A. We've got some good questions uh, coming your way, Lefty. Let's hop well, right into it. While we're here, dude, you might as well see what I bought. We might as well yeah, we should, see we that I won this that. auction of a 2000... Uh, son of a gun. What's going on here? Okay. A 2000... 18 tops chrome update htm or hmt 32 the exact card i talked about on the show on monday i got for 121 dollars on auction psa 10 give it to me w. show you that is a dub that's a Big dub time w. 
Love it. Love it. Let's roll into this audience Q&A, kicking things off, keeping it with baseball. Justin Stewart, question. Bowman draft coming out next week. I have several PSA 9 slabs that I'm not too interested in holding. Would you recommend I trade them in for a hobby box of draft or just not worth the gamble? Um, I have several PSA 9 slabs. Oh, man, if you're not interested in holding, I'm not interested in holding any PSA 9 slabs in general. Yeah, go ahead and get you a hobby box, man. I think you have to know that you might not get that evaluation back. But at the same time, it, it is a gamble. We're not saying in terms of sports card strategy, recommend opening wax. But if you're going to open wax, a hobby box of draft is the best option you can do. It, there are so many high worth cards in that set. I think you can just know that you would probably need to sell almost anything you pull from that immediately. Boom. Good stuff. Lefty. Justin, we hope that helps answer your question there. Up next, we got Shane Graham. Shane says, I sold a large Jalen Green lot for $600 to put into other cards that could see that rise, but is questioning which cards to target with that money. Lefty, you got $600 right now. I know we just did our 1K budget builder. Who are you, who are you investing in right now with, with the, the proceeds that Shane Graham got from selling this Jalen Green lot? If I'm leaving it in basketball, I'm saying Emmanuel quickly definitely is one of my top investments, but his cards are hard to find right now. I would also say Tyrese Halliburton. I know people say that we're late on him. We are not, and we have not seen his ceiling, nor have he even had primetime games, really. We have not seen the best of Tyrese Halliburton yet. Okay. Um, plus, if those two guys are not tickling your fancy, then I would say put it into LeBron James because uh, LeBron James is going to have a lot of markers over the next couple of years. Plus, Bronny James is going to give LeBron James a rise. And with a win like last night when LeBron James leads this team back um, to the playoffs, he is putting more usage rate than he's ever had. In the, and in the past five seasons, we've seen him uh, like sit back and relax during the, during the year. We're not seeing that this year. His usage rate is higher than it's been over the last five years. I think he knows he's got to be LeBron James for him to win another championship. And he's going to say, I'm putting this team on my back, LeBron James. So a 2003 rookie card of his is what I would go into. Good stuff. Up next, Card Banker 20. If I wanted to invest in Bobby Witt Jr., what would be better? Topps Chrome Sapphire rookie card or Bowman First Sapphire? How do Bowman First perform once a player... Uh, is in the major leagues for a full season. I am wildly confused at why this guy brought this up because I feel like he's reading my mind. Connor, I was literally watching I was watching baseball reruns last night. I know I'm an animal. I was watching baseball reruns last night on YouTube and I was watching Bobby Witt Jr. and I'm sitting here thinking this is one of the most undervalued players in the in in the MLB. He is incredible. He was one steal off from having 40 stolen bases or 50 stolen bases. He wanted to have a 30-50 season, I think. He was overshadowed because Ronald Acuna went and did 70 steals. If Ronald Acuna wasn't in the game, Bobby Wood Jr. would have been a such a good player this year. He is on a franchise that is not televised at all, and he is the moniker of defense. He took a 1.5% war and created a five war in the span of a year. This is an MVP caliber player. And if he does keep improving, he will get MVP votes next year 
on a team that might not make the playoffs. The in, the in a, uh, AL Central is in shambles right now. There's not one team that is good in that division. Don't let the Twins fool you. There is not a good team in that division. The, the Royals could rise up from the ashes here and take this division in a couple of years. Bobby Witt Jr. will be the guy to have in a couple of years. So I think this is a great investment. I've talked about how Bobby Witt Jr. is one of my favorite baseball investments of players that are already in the major leagues. Shohei and Bobby Witt Jr. are probably one of the only two players that I would invest in of active baseball players. So great job, Banker, um, looking at a guy that has incredible, incredible upside. I would say go for a Bowman for Sapphire, or if you could if you can pull off a uh, an, a Bowman Chrome Auto, I know that's in the $1,000 range. I think that this card is going to grow massively over the next 12 months. Bobby Witt Jr. is starting to get some incredible buzz, and as the Royals begin to put the pieces together to make this competitive franchise again, he will grow massively. Good breakdown, Lefty. Card Banker tweety, 20, reading Lefty's mind. Up next... We've got Chad Gill. I'm sorry I missed this earlier in the show, Chad. He said, Shaden Sharp, Silver Prism PSA 10, which is $140. Josh Giddy, Prism Silver PSA 10, $136. Or Jalen Brunson, Prism Silver PSA 10, $110. Who would you rather have? Lefty, this is a no-brainer for me. I'm taking yeah. Jalen Brunson. We're talking about the first scoring option, maybe second, if you consider Julius Randle, on a team that I think will make the playoffs this year versus Shaden Sharp, who is in a flurry of different guards over there that he's competing for time with not a playoff team. And then we have Josh Giddy with all the mayhem that he's going through now, even though it looks like he might be in the clear, he's like their fourth scoring option. As much as I like his game and what he brings to helping teams win, I don't think he's going to do anything that's going to make him uh, a super popular player in the sports card world. I'm taking Jalen Brunson all day long here. Amen. All that. Amen. Boom. All right, let's round off the show with Mark D. Got some Bowman Chrome questions for you, Lefty. He said, I'm sitting on 20 each. Bowman Chrome first. Gabriel Gonzalez, Jose DePaul, as well as Justin Crawford that are gradable. Is it worth sending them in or should he just hold for now? Yeah, send all of those in. Um, another thing that you can do that I think would be an interesting play right now is we've talked about SGC not being the the card gradings that are that we want to... Um, that we want to be in. We want to send our stuff to PSA. SGC is doing a $9 promotion for all Bowman cards right now. So that's $6 better of a buy-in market that you could make on a PSA 10. I think you are going to have to make that decision whether that is a good enough evaluation for you or if you'd rather have a PSA 10. Personally, I'd rather have a PSA 10, but at the same time, I feel like a $6 difference on a card that's maybe 6 to $12 I can't imagine Gabriel Gonzalez or Jose de la Paula um, or Justin Crawford are going for anywhere close to 20 bucks. I would imagine without looking at it, their Chrome first tens are going between six and $12 for the three of those. So then you add six to six to $12, six dollars on that. You're $12 invested rather than almost $25 invested. So, um, that's just an option. Just know that's an option for Bowman. Um, I'm thinking about making a bulk play to SGC now as well. So it's a it's an option I'm considering as well. I'm not willing to say that I've pulled the trigger yet on it, but uh, know that it's out there. Either way, I'm saying yes, you still have time to send these in. 
these guys will not be called up on day one. So you, we will have a call up for these three guys later in the year. And so, yes. And Connor has exited the show. <laughs> I'm sure there's a technical difficulty. He might have pressed X on StreamYard when he was trying to uh, when he was trying to refresh his tabs or something like that. He maybe have pressed X and exit out of it. There he is. He's I back. Just, I just I just got booted straight out of this thing. Apologies. <laughs> I think that's gonna that's it was good timing though. I think that's going to wrap up the show. Lefty, do you have any closing thoughts for us today? I just want to say that Southern Soccer Idiot agreed with the guys that I put forward, with Xavi and with uh, Osaman. And so that makes me feel good because he definitely knows what he's doing. So um, the 1K budget builder with Xavi and Osaman and also with Hoyland is definitely some good soccer cards you want to get into. Love it. Great work today, Lefty. Thank you all for tuning in and keeping up with our sports card strategy deep dive. We will be back next Wednesday. Uh, please continue to drop questions in the comments. Um, and with that, we will let Paul take things away, sir. Great job on today's show, Lefty and Connor. Everybody, thanks so much for watching and listening. I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. Don't forget to get your free 30-day trial today at NoOffSeason.com to help you build your sports card investment portfolio and take lessons at Sports Card School. Go to SportsCardSchool.com. Text sports cards to 1-833-992-5727 to get your buy alerts and your sell alerts. Text sports cards to 1-833-992-5727. That's one 833-992-5727. Text sports cards there to get your buy alerts and sell alerts to crystallize your profits. We would love it if you give us a positive review on Apple or Spotify. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey and connect with us on Instagram at sportscardstrategy. Thanks for being part of the NoOffSeason.com family. Have a great day.